you know, as you can hear from my voice, we're passionate about the restaurant and I love the restaurant business. It's tough, like to run a great restaurant is tough, but when you do it right, it's something special. And I, you know, I love that we work with tens of thousands of restaurants around the world and I get to experience them all the time. And I get to see great restaurant experiences and the variety of great restaurant experiences and a technology company, it's, you know, it's hard to be able to suit all these different use cases, um, but I think we're doing a pretty good job. It's, it's what we do every day is pretty cool. How are we doing? We are back again for another episode of Hospitable. I'm your host, Rob Napoli. And today is a super fun episode. Looking forward to our guest, Peter Doherty, uh, General Manager at Lightspeed. Uh, Peter, you know, I just got to see you um, about a month ago in Montreal at the Castle for Oxygen Summit. Absolutely amazing getting to meet you in person and excited to have you on the pod. Thanks for joining. Awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me, Rob. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting, and I want to kind of get into some of the things that um, about Lightspeed and, and and future trends and things. But what I what I find fascinating when I got to meet and talk to you is your origin story at Lightspeed. So why don't you give us a little bit? You've been mm. at Lightspeed for a while. You were there when it was like a startup into a growth stage into the public company it is now. So talk about your origin story journey and your Lightspeed experience. Yeah, I've I've been at Lightspeed now for twelve years, so it's definitely been a, a journey, and. The exciting part for me is obviously every couple of years, Lightspeed really looks like a different organization. And I've had the benefit, I've had the joy of, of being able to go through all these different phases. And, you know, if you go back to 12 years ago, Pete, the sales rep, um, starting at the company, just being a salesperson, selling our original product, Lightspeed Onsite, written by, by the hands of our founder, Dax. That was really our first mm. product. And it's, it's funny to talk about it now, but, you know, that was installed software on premise on your mac local database it's crazy to talk about now and, and you know obviously we work in SaaS. this was perpetual mm -hmm. software licenses so it's it was a different era and that's where i started at lightspeed that was lightspeed at the time 12 years ago which is wild to, to talk about now but i've had the the joy of through the years being a part of all the big step changes that lightspeed has gone through mm -hmm. be it moving to SaaS, uh getting into the restaurant industry obviously we'll talk about that today launching our uh, our account management and customer success teams, building our partnerships group. So I've had, a, I've had a fun journey through it all, you know, all the way from taking our perpetual software sales team to a SaaS sales team, moving to the cloud. Again, it's funny to talk about these things now, but that was a thing that we had yeah. to do. Um, so moving to the cloud, getting our account management team stood up because all of a sudden we had enough customers that we had to think about retention <laughs> and upsell. Um, that was, you know, again, funny to talk about now, but it, it, that was a thing. And then, yeah, as, as we got to IPO saying, hey, we need to be way more serious about our partnerships business. And so I ran that team for three, four years. And that was a, that was a blast too. And then, of course, culminating now in leading our hospitality business unit um, with a global team, products all around the world. And that's obviously happy to talk more about that today. Yeah, no, it's super cool to kind of see that. It's funny that you, you bring up like the joke about on-prem because... You know, at Audibus, we still run into a little bit of auto-print and stuff, but it's kind of like, you know, the little, like, your body holds shakes. How does this still like, exist? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's really, you know, it's really cool to see and, and hear how you've kind of grown through that. And, you know, what about it? What about Lightspeed? You know, we think about the company, the organization, being a part of the first ever product. What about Lightspeed has kept you there growing for 12 years? You don't see that much anymore in the industry, right? We see a lot of it's, it's a lot more um, moving and grooving. So what has kept you so grounded to the Lightspeed brand? 
I think, and you're right, you know, 12 years at a company is so rare nowadays. It's always people, you know, end up staying for a stint three years, four years, and then they look for something new and exciting. But what I've benefited from at Lightspeed is really every two to three years, Lightspeed is a new company. And yeah. so, yeah, sure, I've worked at 12 years or Lightspeed for 12 years, but Lightspeed 12 years ago is far from the company we are today. We've acquired tons of companies around the world, brought them together. And so it's it's a it's been effectively a different company every three years. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how you end up staying somewhere because a, the company's totally transformed itself. And that's just also the beautiful story of Lightspeed of how we've grown like that. But I've gotten to take advantage of that because every new job that I've moved around within Lightspeed and I get to be part of that step change in the organization. And that's, that means I've had new challenges, new opportunities to grow and learn. And that's, that's why I'm still here 12 years later. I love that. I mean, I think it's, it's also a testament to, to what, Lightspeed as a company culture continues to to build itself, rebrand itself, to grow with the market, which leads me to my next question. You know, how from your vision as the general manager of hospitality, how is Lightspeed really making an impact on the future of hospitality? We were just at Oxygen um, in Montreal not too long ago. A lot of great takeaways from that. The energy was absolutely insane, and it was really great to hear a lot of that vision. So, what what is the? How do you feel? You're kind of your words that Lightspeed is making an impact on the future of hospitality as you look ahead to mm. 2024? You know, I think there's there's kind of two answers. There's the answer I would maybe give a restaurant, but even just to the broader world, if you really take a step back, what Lightspeed is doing is looking at what is the cutting edge of technology today? What, and, I, you know, even take, take out the restaurant industry, take out Lightspeed. What is the cutting edge of, of the technology world today? What is coming out? Obviously, the first thing that pops in everyone's mind is AI, but there's a lot more than just that. And our job at Lightspeed is to say, how do we take these cutting edge things that you know not a lot of people fully understand and transform that and apply that to the use case of the restaurant? So that as an independent restaurant operator, you know, maybe I have two, three, four, five restaurants. How can I take advantage of this cutting edge technology without having to have a IT department or you know a whole software development team in house? That that is really Lightspeed's job. And when I think about the use cases we're taking from this new tech that's coming out and applying it to the restaurant use case, you know, we can talk about pay a table and the revolution of actually being able to split checks and close your bills right on the payment terminal powered by Lightspeed Payments or the tap to pay experience where we've collaborated with Apple where you don't need a payment terminal anymore. You just tap a credit card right on an iPhone. You know, think about that. That would have blown everyone's minds uh, three years ago. And now we can do it. So that's really our job is taking this advanced technology that's out in the world and thinking about what's the right way to apply it to a restaurant to help a restaurant succeed. And that's, you know, really just the evolution of technology for any technology company. Yeah, I love that. And I think what's really interesting is, is how generationally those things span, right? The tap to pay, the digital nature, QR codes in restaurants, and, and really you know, helping restaurants create um, systems in place that they can adapt to their clientele and make sure they can give the best service possible, right? The the theme of this podcast is how to make hospitality more human through technology. You, know, you kind of think about that. You think about that for a second and, and, and that people think that's counterintuitive, but it's not because the beauty of it is the tap to pay, bring it to table, split a check that makes everyone's experience so much easier. And that's the beauty of what we get to do. So what do you think, you know, makes Lightspeed so special in, 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 in the way that it creates technology for humans? You brought about, you know, Lightspeed's mm. job is to, for restaurants who don't have an IT department. So how do you think Lightspeed is really making technology for the human, humans today? Well, let's, let's even go back to that scenario I talked about before. You know, how do we bring in tap to pay or pay a table, these experiences where 
you know, for the restaurant, we're reducing their labor costs. You know, maybe that server can handle six tables instead of five. Like that's meaningful mm-hmm. impact in the operating expense of a restaurant. But then, you know, okay, the immediate answer is, okay, great. Well, we want to make sure they have their POS in the pocket on the iPhone. Great. But there's the human side, which is how do we make sure we create a POS that works on the iPhone so it's in the server's pocket so you reduce your labor costs, but so they're not standing there with an iPhone in front of their face between them and the guest. And for those yep. listening on just the podcast, I'm holding my phone up in front of my face. <laughs> but it, you know that that is the job of the technology company to really think about what's the new technology that's out there? How do we apply it to the restaurant use case? But how do we make it really work and excel to not only work well and provide the benefits I, we described of reducing the labor cost, but it actually helps the restaurant achieve their objective of pre- providing great experiences for their guests. Because we can say, yeah, we got a POS in your pocket and stop there. And we've done a good job. But how do you do a great job? It's really thinking through how do we help the restaurant get to their key objective, which is creating great guest experiences. And I think that's what Lightspeed does really well, is we think about that whole ecosystem that we are a part of. because. It's not just a tech ecosystem, it's the owner. What are their objectives? What are they trying to achieve? What's the server? What are they trying to achieve? You know, a server just wants to have a great t- have a good night working the shift and they want to make a ton yeah. of tips, right? Well, the rest for the restaurant to succeed, they need to have happy staff who stay and they don't have to replace them. They also need to have the least amount of staff possible to be able to serve their tables, but still balance that with the guest experience. It's really up to us and our product managers to think through that whole ecosystem to make sure we're applying technology in the right way because it's technology for technology's sake when you're thinking about experience-based businesses, doesn't work. I love that you just said that technology for ta- technology's sake and experience, they don't go hand in hand, right? We think about the right. guest experience. So what is Lightspeed doing to not only think about those things, but get in the mind? Are you guys, are y'all like going out and meeting with partners and, and doing like deep surveys with them? Are you on site with them? Like talk to me about what Lightspeed does to make a big difference in the communities that you serve. So I think, you know, when I think about our, our software development process, one thing, and I, you know, we obviously have lots of stuff, but one thing that I think really answers your question is we have this concept called Nihito Visits. It's an acronym and it stands for nothing interesting happens in the office. <laughs> and so your job as a product manager, as a software designer, et cetera, is to go and get out of the office, spend time in restaurants, talk to owners, talk to staff, talk to guests, sit and have lunch, watch how things happen in a restaurant. So you get a really good feel of what are the challenges that people are facing. And so we always talk about, okay, how many Nahito visits did you do this month? You know, oh, not enough. Because we want our people who are thinking about these problems to be out in the field talking to our customers. And it's not just about customer relationship management. It's actually more on the software design side. Our account manager and customer success people do that as well. But I'm really talking about the, the software design side. So we can understand that, hey, a server and an owner don't want a phone between them and their face or and the guest. Mm-hmm. And so when we design you know, our scan to pay functionality where we have the QR code on the table. Well, you know, one thing that's super interesting there is you assume, okay, it came up during COVID. Yeah, so it's contactless payments. Sure, and that continues to this day. But one, another thing that we know is we actually know that tips are actually higher on scan to pay on the QR code payments versus on the regular payments. So how, does, how do we use that? Well, we know that that drives guest retention, excuse me, staff retention. So we can turn around to the owner and say, Hey, we could turn, you can turn over 20% less staff this year. I'm making the 20% up, but this is the use case. If you use scan to pay, forget the mm-hmm. operational efficiencies. You just have to hire less new staff. And all of a sudden your staff mm-hmm. become more experienced. And we all know post-COVID, one of the biggest challenges for restaurants, obviously they had to hire the staff. But then the second side we talk about less is all the staff you have on the floor are way less experienced than you had before COVID. 
Mm-hmm. And again, getting back to that experience thing, it's you're thinking through the whole problem, not just what does the thing my software do. Yeah, I love that. And I think also coming out of COVID, as humans, we at times forgot how to be human, right? We had to relearn how to integrate into society. We relearn what does wait times look like? What does the restaurant experience look like? What does the travel experience right. look like? And I think with that comes also this opportunity for us to reimagine that guest experience. And it's, it's a huge topic on this podcast and episodes that we record. It's a huge topic in the conversations I have every day. Uh, my wife is a designer for hotels and their mm-hmm. big thing is, you know, how do you not have, when you walk into your typical check-in desk, you know, the person checking you in on the computer, just like this, like how do you remove technology from the sight lines? So it's a face-to-face conversation and then leveraging that type of stuff. And that's really interesting uh, because it makes such a big thing when you're at this coffee shop. I mean, I live in New York City, right? So it's like, I'm in and out and I want to be in and out quickly, right? Boom, boom, tap to pay. You know, what I love yeah. about tap to pay is that also the tip, I don't have to do math in my head. I can click a button, Absolutely. right? And it's like all those things that allow me to be more appreciative of the service I'm getting, but also reducing the time that I have to think in that moment of like taking a pen. Oh, what is 20% oh, like that yeah, whole yeah. process, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, it, and you know what? It's it's funny because all these things are connected, right? It's the way the payments experience you create for a guest in a restaurant it matters to the experience, you know. And mm-hmm. I think people go out to eat to have, and you know, obviously we we focus on full service restaurants. That's really our mantra. That's the we focus on the experiential restaurants. People go for the good food. They go for the experience. But the part that people often forget is the staff and the way the staff interact with you is a key part of that experience. And so we have to get you help you get your menus right. We have to help you get the, the payments experience right because that's a key touch point with the guest. But we also have to help you get your staff touch points with your with your guests right. And so that could be coaching your staff through what menu items to 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 actually sell the guest, mm-hmm. not only for a good experience, but also when we start getting into data and analytics, helping you suggest the right items that actually drive guest retention. You know, I know as an example. I can tell a restaurant today, well, if you serve the fish instead of the salad, Rob is three times more likely to come back to your restaurant again. And that, again, also ties back to, okay, well, I know who Rob is because he's used the payments experience that we're providing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there I'm driving excellence in the restaurant because they're designing their menus that bring guests back so they're more profitable because we know it's less expensive to retain a guest than find a new one. Again, it's all connected. That's amazing. And I love this idea. I mean, Omniboost, you know, as we or data unification, we love data. Yeah. And I was having an interesting conversation about a week ago about the amount of data that companies sit on that static and they don't know how to leverage it. So what is Lightspeed doing? Because you just used a great use case about the fish and retention. How are you building that into the thought process of everything else? How are you connecting all of that so that you're giving also those quick service restaurants or those full service restaurants all that data to have those insights to be more efficient. So, uh, I, I, so the, there's kind of like the, the standard answer, which is obviously in our product, we've built reporting. But I, I, I'm not talking about, hey, the fish generates this much margin and this is how many you sell. That's basic reporting. Every technology company on the planet is providing that. There's nothing special mm-hmm. about that. What we're doing is, again, using data convergence. We're taking the data from the menu items because we own the POS. We run your POS the inventory, because you do that through Lightspeed, and the payments. And one one thing that's unique about payments is obviously it's a great experience for the guests, but it's also the only time where Lightspeed, the company, is interacting directly with the consumer, the guest in your restaurant, versus it's always through you or your staff member otherwise. And because we're doing both now, we can actually say, okay, 
I know who this guest is. I can say, okay, I know how long it took them to order. I know if you're using scan to pay, how, you know, even if you're doing reorders, like, oh, you ordered a beer, another beer, I can take all of that data and use insights against that to say, well, actually, when Rob comes to your restaurant next time, not only can I tell you to serve the fish, excuse me, versus the Caesar salad, I can also tell you that Rob likes the wine poured before the second course instead of the first course. And all of a sudden I can start coaching your staff on what the right experience is, not only just in general for your restaurant, but the right experience that Rob is looking for in your restaurant. And that's only comes from having that whole ecosystem of data coming into Lightspeed and us doing our analysis there. And of course, you know, we're now we're leading into AI and generative AI, but it's not just AI. There's also a whole statistical model there. There's a lot of work there that's not just AI. And we've been doing this. We started this work even before the rise now of Gen AI where we have mm-hmm. real PhDs and statistics behind building these models here. And it's, that is a real superpower of Lightspeed that we are continuing to grow. And an example of that for, you know, is we have a, a magic menu quadrant report in our platform, which we call, you know, there's hidden gems, the, the rising stars, et cetera. And we can even tell you the menu items that maybe you don't sell a lot of, generate a lot of margin, but actually bring guests back. And you need to move that even in the way you lay out the paper menu that you hand out to guests to make sure you start getting more more people ordering this item that is high margin, but you don't sell enough of. And then on the flip side, when you use basic reporting, it's like, oh, well, the Caesar salad generates $10 a margin versus the fish does $3 a margin. But again, going back to it, where it, that's actually telling you the opposite thing because the fish is three times yeah. more likely to bring Rob back to your restaurant. That goes back to that data and bringing all these data sources together to provide insights and also specifically actionable insights for the restaurant. Yeah. That's what Lightspeed that's, is doing that is unique. And I, I think that's so cool because... Again, that example, right? Long-term value of a customer, right? Versus the, the quick Absolutely. margin of a win today. I mean, you think about the way grocery stores, there's a lot of studies done on like grocery stores are laid out, right? And it's all done by design to make you spend the most amount of time and Absolutely. money. You have all the fresh stuff there to get you hungry. You smell fresh food. Your body reacts to it. You're going to buy more in the store. I think so many companies forget to leverage that. And I love that you talk about that coaching because also understanding from the guest experience, table turnover, right? If you know that Rob sits down and usually spends an hour and a half, right? You can kind of manage those tables better. And no one likes to go away and be like told, hey, you know, your table's going to be ready in 20 minutes. 45 minutes later, you're still waiting for a table, right? Like those yeah. are things that make the guest experience um, out of sync. And so I love that y'all are coaching that and building that in with that we're, deep process behind it. It's the ethos of the company. It's, it's, it's been a, a, a large investment over many years to get there because, you know, I'm describing what we can do today, but there's a lot of problems you have to solve along the way. A perfect example, the, tip, the average American, the typical American has four credit cards. Well, what if you go to a restaurant and pay with one and then you go again to that same restaurant and pay with a different one? How do I know it's the same person? I mean, you're being a partner to the restaurant, right? Like, that's the objective. You could easily just have a yeah. You could easily just have a solution like, hey, here you go, pay. And it's like, no, let us let us leverage what we do best and yeah. all these things to make you even better. Because if you're better, we're better together. That is serving your community. And I think that Absolutely. is something that is so cool and and lost on some people when we think about SaaS. The SaaS world is like everything SaaS, and it's just layered on top of each other. And we forget about what is necessary versus what is accessory and. Right. Doing these things make you so necessary to the ethos and ecosystems of the communities. And I think that's something I, I saw really highlighted at the Oxygen Summit. It was like something that was like a key like blow away, like really cool to see how you engage yourselves into those communities. And I love that that idea of being out of the office. It reminds me of Howard Schultz when he started Starbucks and he went to Milan and spent six months in Milan having coffee to see see those things and see what he thought was missing from that guest experience and what was 
great Absolutely. about that guest experience. And it's, it's so cool to hear that. It's part of the company. You know, as you can hear from my voice, we're passionate about the restaurant. And I love the restaurant business. It's tough. Like to run a great restaurant is tough. But when you do it right, it's something special. And I, you know, I love that we work with tens of thousands of restaurants around the world and I get to experience them all the time. And I get to see great restaurant experiences and the variety of great restaurant experiences and a technology company. It's, you know, it's hard to be able to suit all these different use cases. Um, but I think we're doing a pretty good job. It's, it's what we do every day is pretty cool. Yeah. But you know, you can definitely tell you're so passionate and you can see your voice just kind of getting the excitement and the speed and everything. Yeah. You're almost like a New Yorker in that regard where it's just yeah, like, yeah, pop, yeah. Pop, pop. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I can talk it. about restaurants all day. <laughs> and I know if, if, if I, if I could keep you all day, I would, but I know that I can't, but uh, yeah. one of the things that you kind of, you know, highlighted um, as we look at 2024, some of the tools and stuff, what are you most excited about that Lightspeed is like building and, and, and really bringing forward to in 2024 that you get to take to the world in the hospital space? Well, I could, I could talk about that just for an hour. Um, but if, if I'll, I'll boil it down to two things, really. I think the first is, and this is maybe a little bit cliche, but I think the power of Gen AI is going to bring itself to the restaurant world. And I think, you know, just something we've already released where Today, if I'm a restaurant operating in Europe or I'm op operating in any country, actually even say in the Southern United States where I want to have everything in multi-language, multi like Southern US, you'd want in English and Spanish for all your menus, et cetera. Or in Europe, you know, maybe seven languages. Mm -hmm. Well, today as a restaurateur, if I wanted to do that for my online menu, et cetera, I'll need to translate all of those things. But what we've actually launched now with our new in our new flagship is I can enter my menu once and then Gen AI will automatically do all the translations and have my menu in multiple languages. But we've gone further. It'll also, based on my description of it, make a guess as to the recipe. It'll make a guess as to the ingredients and also, more, very importantly, the allergens. And then if, if we really want to go, we've built this. It'll actually generate a photo for you through the Gen AI uh, for your online ordering wow. so you don't have to take photography. Because surprisingly, getting photography done of your dishes for your online ordering is relatively expensive. Actually, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so what we've done is all of a sudden, this process that might be, you know, couple weeks to get a photographer in, you got to do a shoot, you got to make all your dishes. And then everybody already knows about the world of ads where they fake the food, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But now we just say, great, this is a cheesecake. Boom. The AI will generate an image for you and then you can just correct it, but it'll tell you all the allergens, ingredients, et cetera, and then translate it to as many languages as you want. Again, going back to that labor savings, time savings. So the restaurateur focuses on the experience rather than data entry. Um, I think that we've also started to look at Back to that example of how do we coach a staff member on the floor to provide a great experience not only for this is what guests typically want in my restaurant but we can also start mm -hmm. tailoring it this is what rob wants from your restaurant you know even what yeah. we talked about before about when to pour the wine or hey rob likes a longer service versus a shorter service etc so that that's the stuff that we're getting into now um i think i think on the flip side there's a power less about the individual restaurant and more just that we can bring through our scale which is there's no playbook really that exists of, am I doing a good job? How is my restaurant performing compared to others? You know, mm -hmm. people say, oh, a world-class restaurant generates 20% margin. Well, is that the case for all types of restaurants? Is that the case in all geographies? And so I think what we're starting to look at is, well, of restaurants in the Northeast of the United States or in Belgium, et cetera, what is a good margin? What's a good staff cost to, to sales ratio? And so we can start coaching restaurants on really what are those metrics that they can pay attention mm -hmm. to 
to run a great business. And then we can start giving them recommendations against that. So those are really the two things that we're focused on now and that we're looking to bring more to in 2024, 2025. I love that. And I think you made a great point because if you go, you know, sit in a restaurant in Italy where, you know, if you want something, you have to call the waiter over because they want to give you the time and space to have the conversation versus Absolutely. somewhere in New York City, high turnover, like, and understanding how do you, how can you value I think actually, you give it, but, so and I'm starting to interrupt. Up, there's a, a that's a perfect example because in Italy, not only is there the cultural norm of, hey, we're gonna just back off, let this person have a four hour service, no problem, have fun, versus New York, like turn it over quick. But I think there's also even financial metrics behind that. Labor costs in Europe are higher versus in New York, it's all tips, right? Like you're making ninety percent of your income out as from tips as a server. So the reality is, is you tend to have a higher staff to table ratio in the US or Canada versus you do in Europe because labor costs are lower. Yeah. So it's just there's a financial reality of where the guest expectation and the kind of experience is also just aligned with the financial reality of that economic environment. And I do think what's interesting, just more talking about the future, I do think we are going to see that guest experience make its way to the US as labor costs rise more dramatically in the mm-hmm. US versus in Europe. In U.S. dining experience and fine dining, you know, table service restaurants will look more like Europe versus the other way around because of the lift in labor costs. But it's interesting, you know, even you picked up on that, that economic reality aligns with what guests see. But that's where we can coach you and say, hey, well, you're an Italian restaurant in Italy. This is your labor input. This is what you should be doing versus, okay, yeah. in the U.S., hey, but actually your labor costs are well below benchmark, you know. And so we can start coaching people through those things. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it, and I use experience. I use that example because when I moved to Italy for the first time, I remember going to like my first sit down dinner, and I finished my my drink, and I was like, "Why is you know?" And I didn't know yeah. what to do, and so finally I called somebody over. I was like, "Hey, can I get another soda?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "This is weird to me because usually the minute my drink is empty in in, in the states, somebody's bringing me a fresh you know, a fresh soda." Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was and such an interesting yeah. thing. And, you know, this goes to the cultural background too. You know, where I'm from in Canada, we have, where the French part of Canada, the culture is very much the European dining culture. It's normal mm-hmm. to go for dinner and it's five hours, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not five, but four, four hours. But it's also, you know, I'm used to that. Okay. You have to call the waiter over for another drink. But, you know, when I go for a meal in the U S now, I know, obviously I've been doing business in the U S for a long time, but it's like, Oh, where'd my plate go? Someone just like, I, I yeah. wasn't really finished yet. You know? <laughs> but but you know what that's driven that's the culture expectation but it's actually driven by the economic realities of where you're from yeah exactly that's where having that data yeah having that data to understand that and and better coach restaurateurs to maximize that and leverage that and it's to me it's it's, i think super cool and i love because being in new york we have a lot of european dining experiences here as well uh so i love that i get to experience that still and um, you know, I get to go back and forth similar to you to Europe quite often, you know, with headquarters in, in the Netherlands. So, you know, I get to go experience that a lot and it's super Absolutely. fun and, and uh, super cool to see how y'all think about that from a global perspective, right? It's easy to think about Noam, the North American market and right, being such a big market, you forget about your global business and understanding those things and creating technology that ties it all together. It makes it, it makes it all one cohesion thing. It's really cool to me. Yeah, um, absolutely. I want to use this opportunity to kind of slide over to something I used to do. And I think is a big part of Lightspeed's ethos, considering that we did the Oxygen Summit and it was for your partners and customers. And you were part of building the partner channel. What does the partner channel mean to Lightspeed? And why is that such an important piece? And you have such a great team that runs that. And I know that you are passionate about the partner channel. So talk about your partners and 
and, and the strategy of how to build such a great ecosystem around Lightspeed? So I'll, I'll answer the question, but I'm going to take the long way there. Because I think you have to almost step back as to why we've made that investment. You know, Lightspeed is, we're passionate about restaurants. We care about technology and the impact it has on restaurant experiences and people. But we are also a business. And when I think about how do you succeed in the restaurant world as a software provider to the restaurant world, and if, our, if we truly believe in the power of data as a key selling point as to why a restaurant should use Lightspeed because we're going to help them grow, well, the first step there is making sure you have all the data to work on. And so obviously Lightspeed is a, you know, we have a tremendous product suite. We have POS, payments, online ordering, insights, et cetera, et cetera. We're producing a ton of data. But we're not the only touch point that a consumer or a diner has with a restaurant. It could be yeah. on Open Table, Resi, you know, if you're in Germany, Aleno, or, you know, any, or the, La Fauchette in France, there's, there's, that's, there's that. Well, what if maybe there's a waitlist software? What if there's a staff management software that, you know, Lightspeed doesn't necessarily do today? Um, there could be a whole, well, you know, we're not the accounting software also, so we integrate with the accounting software. So there's a lot of stuff that we can pull in. And, you know, obviously Omniboost is a partner there, but you have key, mm -hmm. call it the center, center of many of the data pipes that are coming into Lightspeed. And so <clears throat> be able to essentially build on our value prop and our mission of what, how do we want to help restaurants succeed? We need to have as much data in our, in our systems as possible to make great recommendations and, and provide recommendations. And so how do you do that? Well, you need to have a strong partner network because, you know, Omniboost and Lightspeed, we, there has to be a start of the relationships. Two people have to talk together yeah. and say, hey, we want to work together, right? Yeah. So to do that requires people who are going out there and pounding the pavement and saying, hey, here's the companies out there that we want to work with because they're the best in their business. And we have mm -hmm. to convince each other that we want to work with each other because half the job of a partnerships team is not convincing the, the people outside the company. It's convincing the people in the company yeah. that this is somebody we <laughs> want to work with. And so that is why it's so important to have a strong ecosystem. And so how do you get to an ecosystem is you need a strong partnerships team. And so there, uh, when I moved into partnerships, uh, this is well before COVID, right before our IPO, we had a partner program, but it was really called a channel sales program. And it wasn't, we hadn't invested in it really materially for quite a while. And so I, you know, one of the first things I said is, well, we need to move from a world of just saying, hey, here's some channel resellers to saying, hey, we need a vibrant tech ecosystem because A, it's part of our value prop as our product to get that data. Mm -hmm. But also, frankly, our customers want to use these other products. And so that's when we started to really build out this team. And then you just start looking at, okay, how do you structure a great partnerships team? You need people who are out looking for new business, uh, new partnerships. You need people who manage existing relationships. You need technical people. That just gets into the structures of how to run a partnerships team. But from the get-go, we prioritized partnerships. We knew it was a key part of our story, a key part of how we provided a ton of value to our customers. Mm -hmm. And uh, then a little bit of magic from the, the leader of the team, and then you get there, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. And it's, it was something that was very apparent when we were there. It's just how meaningful those relationships are, but also how dynamic and, and actually... You know, when you think of the word partner and what a true partnership is, uh, I think that was exemplified at Oxygen. So I know you had a big hand in building that. So I always like to hear that kind of like that vision of partnerships and what that means to the ecosystem. When we talk about the Oxygen Summit, you know, that that is a killer once a year event that we do. And I'd love to do more than once a year, but just the logistics that go into it sometimes <laughs> makes it impossible. Crazy. But, but uh, you know, for all of our sanity. But when you think about it, you know, 
the key to a great partner ecosystem and customer ecosystem, and I love this year that we had customers there too, because especially as our customers grow, they're they're getting to the size where they are partners to us, not just customers, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not just about getting a partnership and spinning up the relationship. It's about how do you continue the relationship and how do you continue to grow it? Because just like Lightspeed, we're building new software, building new functionalities. We're going to do new things. All of our partners are, in the, are doing the same thing. So how do we keep in touch with each other? How do we understand the objectives of both sides of the organization? What is the new stuff that both sides are doing? Hey, Lightspeed's doing this new thing. Hey, how do we expand our relationship around this? And vice versa. Hey, Omnibus is doing this new thing. How do we make sure we take advantage of it? Or how do we help su- support them to grow there? And that's why you not only do you need to find new partners, you need to grow the existing relationships. And actually, yeah. as your ecosystem gets bigger, that the growth of the existing partners actually has a bigger impact than finding new partners. And obviously, you saw the size of the event. It's a pretty meaningful ecosystem. Um, yeah. And that is through the hard work of those partner teams who are doing a great job. Yeah, definitely. And, I, and I'll, I'll echo that. I mean, uh, our team uh, was just in London the other day and got a chance to sit down with your, your team. And it was just amazing to get to see that office. I know, um, mm-hmm. you know our, our lead on the, on the, the uh, Lightspeed side from Omnibus side uh, has been, I think, now four different offices. And so getting to see all the different offices and, and meeting all the teams. And so it's a really big deal that y'all are always so hospitable and hosting us and, and letting us come in and have a day and meet everybody and, and, and build those. I think you know, it's really easy to be, Hey, let's just have a zoom call. It's different when you say, Hey, come on, come on in, like, come join us. Let's take you out and we'll do these things. And I Absolutely. think your team does a great job of that. So I, I, I wanted oh, to highlight you. that and, and, and really give them the I mean, we're uh, restaurant people, right? Well. We're restaurant people, yeah. even the retail exactly. teams. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some of the things, and we've talked a little about generative AI and some of the stuff you're doing, but what are some of the, the trends that you see for the future of, especially hospitality or the restaurant industry that you're keeping a close eye on, not just 2024, but like we think 25 and 26. What are some of those things that you're kind of uh, looking at and, and, and prepping for as you're building for today and tomorrow? So actually, and I'm even going to take a step back. I think 2022 was the year where we got back to normal in the restaurant industry, sort mm-hmm. of where everybody was like, okay, my restaurant's fully open now, no open, close, open, close. Now I just need to get back to having full staff. And the number one topic everyone was talking about is how do I hire more staff? I need better pay. I need better benefits. That was 2022. 2023 was the first full year of call it post COVID first full year, which is crazy to talk about now at the end of the uh, end of the year, but it's just been one, like it's the only full year we've had, right? 2022 was kind of half, half. Mm -hmm. So 2023 was kind of getting our sea legs back. We talked a little bit about before of, you know, yeah, I was able to bring my staff back or bring new staff back, but now I had to train them and to really get a solid staff member fully ramped and get them really productive and creating great experiences doesn't happen in 30 days. It takes months, right? Someone needs to work for you for a long time, especially in a high-end restaurant with high expectations. So that that was kind of 2023. I think about it from the restaurateur's point of view. Now, when I think about 2024, I've kind of got past the, okay, getting my staff back to where they were pre-COVID. 2024 is really starting to be investigating new concepts, getting back to expanding my menu again, because everybody shrunk their menus too, right? Mm-hmm. Expanding my menus again, but then also even getting to some of the stuff we talked about before. As I grow and I get back into growth as a restaurant operator, where do I spend my money? How do I do it in the right way? Because I'll, even though it's been the full year of call it normal, a lot of them might still be carrying debt that they picked up during COVID. And so I have to be careful with the way I invest. I have to be super thoughtful about what I'm going to do. And so I think. You know, that's why we launched Lightspeed Capital, because we have restaurateurs who are saying, you know, my fridge just broke, but I don't have any cushion in my bank account anymore. And, and so we can get money in the bank account the next day to help them. 
also we're starting to see people, hey, I'm, I'm now I'm getting back into opening a second, third, fourth, fifth restaurant, and I need cash right away and access to capital to do that. And we're starting to see that happening again, which is exciting. And I think as we think about 2024, it's really the, it's going to be the year of getting back to growth and real yeah. growth. I think 2023, we saw that, you know, we've seen it through the, the, the year of, you know, some of the stats from the National Restaurant Association, et cetera, people are dining out. But I think that's almost just paying off the debt from COVID. Now, 2024 is really when the industry starts to grow again, which I'm very excited about. Um, and as a technology provider, it's about how do you help these restaurateurs make great decisions when they start to invest again? And we talked about, yeah. you know, great customer experiences, access to capital. How do I invest my money? Where do I build my menus? What do I serve in my restaurant? And how do I build great guest experiences? And there's, there's tech available there. It's, you know, Gen AI is going to help with that. It's going to be um, uh, better driver routing, even for delivery businesses. It, there's all sorts of tech that's going to come into it. But I think it's really getting back to a growth mindset in the restaurant industry, which is very exciting. That is super exciting. And, and I love when you talk about all this, like the tech that, that's going to help do that. Then the day, it's still people serving people. And that's people that, serving that, like that, that when you boil down a restaurant, it's people serving people. Everything yeah. else is just around that. And that's, what's beautiful. And I think seeing the, again, that growth mindset and seeing what's going to come, I'm really excited for the opportunities that are going to be there for growth, for new technology to open up more human experiences. And that to me is what really excites me. That's why this podcast is so uh, special to me is, is to hear those type of things and we see, see those things happening and, and being prepared for that in 2024 and, and beyond. So, um, you know, I know that we're getting close to time and, and I know you and I could talk for days. Um, oh, man, yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure of it. Uh, but I do appreciate your time, appreciate your insights, um, for those out there listening, how do they, how do they get involved? How do they, uh, follow along with your journey, Lightspeed journey? How do I learn more about what y'all are building over at Lightspeed? Well, first and foremost, lightspeedhq.com. We're, we're releasing tons of great stuff uh, on a product story. I think even if you just look, subscribe to our newsroom, we just recently put out some stats actually just before the new year about tipping practices leading into Christmas and the holidays. We're obviously through our discussion, we're a big data centric company. Um, we also did a great story around stats and data uh, leading up to Halloween and Thanksgiving. So we're always sharing really interesting stats and it gets back to this ethos of helping restaurateurs understand what's good and what's not. And so sharing data there. So subscribe because you're going to listen there. And then of course, follow us on LinkedIn. We're always putting some great stories out on LinkedIn as well. So I'll make sure to have both of those links in the show notes so you can click them, follow along um, and get involved. Peter, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your insights. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you again uh, soon in some way, shape or form through an event or something. So Absolutely. I appreciate I'm looking you, forward to it. Thanks for having me, Rob. You bet. And although out there listening, thank you so much for being a listener to Hospitable. Be a tier one, like, subscribe, rate, review, do all those things so we can bring on more guests. Um, and if you have great ideas or people that should be on, you know how to get in touch with me. Hit us up. Thank you all for listening.